Just a couple of days ago, on October 18th, 2020, NASCAR driver Joey Logano emerged as the winner at Kansas Speedway and earned himself an automatic qualification into the NASCAR Cup Series playoff final for 2020. Now, the number 22 driver for Team Penske, who is also the 2018 NASCAR Cup Series champion, had a little trouble with his car early on, but Logano was able to punch out a win and best regular season champ, Kevin Harvick. Just a few days ago, I talked to Logano, and we covered everything from his recent win at Kansas to his aggressive driving style. We also talked about his mindset overall, some of the scuffles he's gotten into with other drivers, and how he deals with adversity. And this episode, during a special brief version of 28 Minutes of Sport, you'll hear the entire conversation I had with Joey Logano this week. I'm Andy Fry, your host, and welcome to 28 Minutes of Sport. Just like every other sport that's happening in the world right now, NASCAR is running races without fans present. And in keeping with the crazy times in which we live, where we're sitting in the middle of a COVID-19 pandemic and fans are not attending games or races anywhere, Joey Logano and I spoke digitally online. But the physical distance and the screens between us did not take away from the conversation that we had. So let's just jump right into it. All right, I'm here with Joey Logano, driver for Team Penske, and of course, the 2018 NASCAR Cup Series champ, and of course, uh, also a newly anointed member of the Final Four um, that's going to compete for the 2020 NASCAR Cup Series Championship. Joey, it's been a weird 2020 season, and COVID-19 dropped in on the world. I think we talked earlier in the spring about uh, just simulation and being off track and spending time with family. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how easy or hard it was to drop back into competition on the raceway you know i think in in everyone's business the first question everyone had to ask is how do we go back to work in a safe way um and that's the same thing nascar had to figure out is is how do we approach uh the race season to where we can get all our races in um it's so important for for our company uh, at team penske and and you know obviously our sponsors to make sure we get our races in that that people signed up for and how do we do it in a safe way and, and trying to come up with a plan on how that is and how that works and um, also from a financial standpoint and how we do that. And that's, those were challenging. And, and, you know, now we're back racing with no practice, no qualifying, um, which is if you told me how, that we're going to be doing that in January, I'd say you're crazy. We will never race without practice. Uh, and now we're used to racing without practice. Uh, so it's just a new way of doing business for us. And, um, you know, it doesn't change <laughs> what the – but the final verdict is we're all fighting for that championship trophy behind me. Uh, you know, we're all still going to try to get the same one. Uh, nothing really changes. Just the, the way we get there and the avenue to get there is a, a little bit different. So it sounds like improvisation is a little bit of it, or at least being kind of on your toes. Now you have, at least some people say, uh, maybe what's called an aggressive driving style in terms of being, you know, as a competitor, opportunistic. And, and you've never really apologized for that. So how did that come to fruition? I mean, was it a matter of just, coming into the NASCAR Cup Series at the top level and going, whoa, you know, I really got to step it up here? Or were you always like that when you were in go-karts? Or, you know, did you get pushed around a little as a, as a rookie and sort of evolved that way? I'm, I'm, I'm interested in knowing how you got to where you are style-wise as a driver. Well, I think it's probably a combination of everything you said. Um, some of it's just personality where, where you see an opportunity, you're going to grab it. Uh, I'm probably that way away from the racetrack in a lot of ways as well. Um, but, you know, I think, when you when you strap into a race car, it's no longer uh, for fun, right? I, I used to do that growing up. I raced for fun. I don't race for fun anymore. I race to win. Yeah. And 
I have to do that because I'm representing, you know, a ton of different companies that expect us to go win. Uh, we're trying to put food on the plate for hundreds and hundreds of families that help build these cars. Um, you know, and, and it's all coming down to, to me, uh, holding the steering wheel at the end of the day. Right. So if, out of respect of the people that pour their hearts and souls into this thing and make it their life as well, I need to go out there and give it everything I got and really not be out there to make friends. I need to go out there to win yeah. is what I get paid to do. That's what everyone expects out of me. Uh, and that's what I go out there and try to do. Um, now, that being said, when you get out of the car and you get home at night, you better find a way to flip the switch and go back to uh, being a, a normal person that's uh, you know humble and understands that um, you know the, the amazing opportunity that does sit in front of me and, and uh, make sure I appreciate and have fun and, and uh, of every moment. So um, you know, there's a balance to it, right? There's a work life balance that everyone always talks about. There's a balance from that end of it as well. Cool. Now, uh, the first time we talked right after you won the Cup Series in 2018, I, I took a spin through like all the cars that you've you've raced. And um, maybe it was just new on my radar, but I remember the look, take a look at the Cox Automotive car that you raced for the Bristol Night Race. Now, everybody I talked to, uh, I've talked to probably maybe 15 drivers, and I talk, I've talked to a lot of fans now that I'm into NASCAR. You know, I, I see a hat or I see a sweatshirt. Like, hey, you know, have you ever been to the Bristol Night Race? So talk about that because it seems like it is one of the special races. I know it's not the pinnacle of the season because it's, it's, you know, it tends to be in, in the later summer. But it, it's also kind of, I guess, one, a fan favorite, and it's got to be pretty special for you to do that as a driver, too. Oh, Bristol's awesome. Uh, I think everyone loves Bristol. It's the highest bank track we go to. It is, they call it the last great Coliseum. And let me be honest with you, I mean, it, it is. It, you walk in there, um, typically when it's not COVID, it is packed, you know, over 100,000 fans in there um, yelling and screaming, watching race cars go in a, in a you know, a, a bull ring, if you ask me. Uh, there's constant action. Uh, and that really makes Bristol in particular a night race where there's sparks and all that. It goes along with it. One of the, you know, races that I think every driver wants to have on their, on their resume as is, 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 is a winner. So um, that one always stands out. Uh, it's a lot of fun. And next year, I don't know if you heard this one for next year on the schedule, mm -hmm. they're putting dirt on it. <laughs> it's oh, going to be a yeah. dirt race. So that's going to be, even more crazy and chaotic than, than what you already would expect. So between the bullfight, between the uh, the dirt and the and the Coliseum comment, are you are you suggesting that uh, race auto racing NASCAR is a little like bullfighting, maybe? <laughs> in its own way, yeah, yeah. a little less about all that, but maybe in its own way. Hopefully, a little less blood. Um, okay, so you know, um, two of the drivers, actually, two of the former drivers I talked to, um, I got to talk to Dale Earnhardt Jr. a couple times last year, was which is great and Kyle Petty, and uh, they both speak highly of you. And I think maybe what it, one of the things that they I heard them both mention is kind of like the way that you, you grew up in the last couple of years and sort of you know took the bull by the horns, not to make another uh, bullfighting reference, but the way that you really did what you had to do. So uh, do you think that uh, – is there something that you, you have uh, personality-wise that makes you able to connect with sort of retired drivers, older drivers? People have been around the block a long time. Um, or is it just, you know, is it just kind of in the in the personality and the special sauce of who you are as a, a driver to connect with these guys? Um, yeah, I think to me, always just being yourself is is the best way to go, right? You can't fake being you. Uh, people see right through that immediately. Um, and I think I've learned that a long time ago is just to accept who you are and try to 
always finds ways to be better. Um, you know, and I, I think, you know, over time, uh, th- those, those, you know, characteristics of, of who you are kind of come out over time, right? Nothing. You're not out there broadcasting, uh, how great you are. You just need to be focused in on, on the job. And, and like you said, taking advantage of the opportunity, whether that's on the racetrack or off the racetrack, um, whether it's doing interviews or seeing opportunities from within the sport, um, or outside of the sport, uh, to grow. And I think that those things there, what stands out a lot. Good deal. So final question. So I know you've, uh, you know, you've gotten into some scuffles and arguments with with drivers, and and it's part of it is part of it is just being at the top of your game. You're going to do that. How do you deal? Uh, maybe maybe it's a philosophical question. How do you deal with adversity when it's whether it's you know a bad stage, a terrible race, uh, something's wrong with your car? I mean, what goes on in your mind as far as like uh, just crushing adversity and, and making it all work when you're in the thick of you know a not so great race and just not being where you want to be. Yeah, when you're in the middle of the battle, um, you know, you obviously know what's going on, you know what's on the line, um, but you really just never know what can happen. Um, I think of Kansas last weekend when we were racing, you know, we, we were running eighth to tenth, you know, the first half of the race, the car wasn't driving exactly the way I wanted it to, we didn't have the track position we needed, and next thing you know, we, we get the car driving good, we take two tires, we get towards the front, we get track position, we win, uh, yeah. you know. We could have taken that day and just crumbled because, you know, things weren't going our way early in the race. And, you know, we could have finished 10th or 12th and been sitting outside the top four right now saying, man, we need 20 points to get in or something like that. Um, Instead, everyone kept their head in the game. They raced as if we were racing for the lead the whole time. Um, You know, our pick crew did an amazing job to get us out front. And then it was all about holding them off from there. So, you know, you're never out of it. You, you, you never are. And I think some of the mentality that I have too, is just that you, you can't lose, right? You either win or you get stronger. Uh, and, and it's really, that's the only way I think at least to sign up for these races is that, uh, and with that attitude, I think you, you tend to push a little bit harder. You tend to uh, bring a little bit more intensity and, um, and I think you're able to go to sleep a little better at night, whether, uh, whether you win or, or become stronger in my eyes. Good deal. Well, winner gets stronger. Thanks, Joey Lagana. Really appreciate you taking time with me. Thank you. Appreciate you. All right, good.